our study tonight on the names of God, at least now from the Old Testament, the names of God from the Old Testament. The blanks on your sheet should be, you can fill in the blanks from the, uh, on the screen, the notes that are there. We've looked at, this is about our fourth study on this. We looked at the objective names, then the compound names. Tonight, we're going to begin, or at least continue our study on the descriptive names. These are names given to God to describe who he is, his character and his actions. It was the following names of God are based upon God's attributes. They outline God's qualities based upon his actions in biblical history. Uh, basically, they describe God. Let me ask you a question. If someone was going to use certain names to describe you and your actions, what would they say about you? Uh, would it be pleasant? Would it be nice? Those who know you best, maybe your family member, someone who knows you very well, and they was going to describe you to another person who did not know you, what would they say about you? And so these words tonight describe our God and basically how wonderful he is. After I did this study, uh, prepared the study today, I want to go outside and shout. Because we have a wonderful God, a God worthy of our praise and worship and to follow and live for him. And I think you'll see this after we look at these words, these descriptive words of him tonight. We've looked at two already. The first two were kind of uh, uh, names you would not use much today. The first name we looked at already is avenging, that God is a God of vengeance. And that he will take vengeance upon those who mistreat his people. We saw that in the scripture. But there were some times he would take vengeance upon his own people when they broke the covenant given to the Jews at Mount Sinai. We saw that also in Scripture. So he's an avenging God. Number two, another word we would not initially use today, but used in Scripture that is used the word terrible. And the word terrible is given to him, but it does not mean like we think it today. The word terrible means worthy of respect, honor, and fear. Many new translations use the word awesome. And so basically, it's not saying our God is terrible as we think it terrible, but basically it means that our God is worthy of reverence, of respect, and honor, and needs to be feared because of who he is. So we looked at those two already, but the third one we're going to begin tonight is the word everlasting. Everlasting. Uh, this is a name given to God several times in the Old Testament, and these are all Old Testament names. We'll eventually get to the New Testament. Everlasting, the meaning, the word is used to show God as a permanent and eternal. It's a word you and I, our minds cannot fully comprehend. God had no beginning, has no ending, always was, always is, and always will be. Now, you and I, we had a beginning. My beginning was September 15, 1953. And, of course, it was part of that nine months when I was conceived in the womb. But God had no beginning. And you and I cannot comprehend that. How can something have no beginning? And God always was, always will be. And so the word given to him is everlasting, also eternal. Eternal. It's a word used to show God as, a, as permanent and eternal. It expresses an endless amount of time extending into the past and the future. Application for this, the God of eternity, meaning he is the everlasting covenant-keeping God, and the reliable, well, simply, source of the believer's rest and peace. Because he is everlasting, he's the reliable source of the believer's rest and peace. 
that he always, one thing about God, he never changes. And we're going to look at these names given him to describe him. We can rejoice. He's an everlasting God who never changes. Uh, so let's look at the scripture on that. Go with me now to Isaiah chapter 40, please. Isaiah 40. Here's the scripture that refers to God as everlasting God. Isaiah 40 in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah is one of the major prophets. The word major refers not to, it's more important than the other books. It means it's larger than the other books. You've got the minor prophets because they're smaller books. And you've got the major prophets. Not saying one's more important than others. It means one book is bigger than the other as far as the size of it. Isaiah, a very large Old Testament book. Isaiah 40. Look in verse 28, please. Isaiah 40, 28. Look for the word everlasting. Verse 28, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the, what kind of God? Everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. But here is referred to as an everlasting God. It's again a title given to him, describing our God, that he did not have a beginning or an ending. He always was, will be. He is the eternal, everlasting God. Genesis 21 will be the verse be on the screen. And Abraham planted a, gray, a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord. Now, for those of you that remember when we studied the, com the uh, objective names, that word Lord, what's the Hebrew word there? Notice it's all capitals, which means, what was that? His personal name, which was what? Jehovah. So again, that when the Lord is all capitals, that's the personal name. There it said he uh, called on the name of Jehovah, and he referred to Jehovah as the what? Everlasting God. Psalm 41, verse 13. Blessed be the, name, be the Lord Jehovah God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. So basically, the God of the Bible, the God that we worship, is an everlasting God. He always was, always is, and always will be. The same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible says. But he's everlasting. So our God, the first name given to describe God in the Old Testament, everlasting. Also, I love this next one, number four, faithful. How many are grateful that our God is faithful? Faithful is a term to describe the God of the Old Testament, that he is faithful. The meaning of the word faithful is trustworthy, dependable, reliable. Our God is trustworthy. Our God is dependable and reliable. Now, as we cover that about God, can God say that about you? Are you trustworthy? Are you dependable to honor him and please him with your life? Are you reliable? Sometimes we're not. But my friend, he always is. He always is faithful. Uh, the application there is God is called faithful because he is faithful in keeping his covenant and promises. The promises God makes in his word, the covenants he makes with his people, he always keeps because he is faithful. Again, the meaning, trustworthy, dependable, reliable application. God is called faithful because he is faithful in keeping his covenant and his promises. 
me show you some scripture on this. Go with me now again in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 7, please. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the fifth book of your Bible. The first five books of the Bible are called the Torah by the Jew, also called the Pentateuch. Word Pentateuch means five books. This is the fifth book of the uh, Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 7. And look for the word there, faithful. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. So know therefore that the Lord, there that word is again, though Jehovah thy God, he is God. What kind of God? The faithful God. Amen. Which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keepeth his commandments to a thousand generations. So the Lord, Jehovah, he is God. The word God, there is the word Elohim. He is God. And he is a faithful God. I'm so grateful that our God's faithful. When he says something, you can count on it. When he says do something, you can bank on it. He is a faithful God. Let me give you another verse. The verse will be on the screen. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22. It said, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because of his compassions fail not. His mercies, they are new. How often? Every morning. Great is thy... I'm so glad God's mercies are new every day. Well, you may wear his mercy out today. It's new tomorrow. <laughs> They're new every single day, my friend. Great is thy faithful. Not just faithful, but great is God's faithfulness. And we have a wonderful, faithful God. Let me give you some. This is the New Testament. You can write it down. It's not in your notes. How is God faithful to us today? Let me give you three script, quick scriptures. Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. He's faithful because he strengthens us and protects us from Satan. He strengthens and protects us from Satan. Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. means the evil one. So he protects us, strengthens us when we're attacked by Satan. He's faithful in doing that. Another one, many of you know this. He's faithful to give us victory over temptation. 1 Corinthians 10.13 There is no temptation taken you but such as common to man, but God is what? Faithful will not allow, suffer you to be tempted above your ables. When temptation comes, our God's faithful to not allow you to be tempted above your able. Another verse many are familiar with, he's faithful, he forgives us when we confess our sins. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's verse in the New Testament. We could cover many more, but our focus is not the New Testament, it's the Old Testament. So our God... The first descriptive name is an everlasting God. Number two, he's a faithful God. Number three, goes right in what we're talking about, forgiving. Our God is a forgiving God. I'm grateful for that. I don't know about you. I need forgiveness probably every day because I make mistakes. I fail. But forgiveness is a word describing our God. The meaning of forgiveness is freedom, pardon, and deliverance. Freedom. God's forgiveness brings freedom, brings pardon and deliverance. That's what the word, Old Testament word forgiving means. Freedom from guilt and shame when God forgives. Pardon from our sins 
and deliverance from wrongdoing. The application is that God is one who faithfully pardons the transgressions of his people. God faithfully pardons the transgression of his people. I'm so grateful for that. When we transgress, we break God's laws. We fail him, we disappoint him, we sin against him. My friend, he faithfully pardons. He faithfully forgives. He's a wonderful, compassionate, merciful God. Let me give you a scripture on that. Am I going too fast for you? Go now to Psalms 86, please. Psalms 86. Look for the word forgiving. Psalms 86. Psalms is usually, if you open your book right in the middle, your Bible, usually it falls to the book of Psalms. Most of the Psalms are written by David. Psalms are songs praising the God of heaven. And notice what David says about the God of heaven. Psalms 86, verse 5. Psalms 86, verse 5. He says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to what? Notice that he's not hesitant to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He's ready for God's people to come to him in sorrow and confession when we do wrong. My friend, he's ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon thee. What a wonderful word to describe our God, that he's forgiving. He's faithful and he's forgiving. Uh, another scripture is beyond the screen. Look for the word forgiveness. Daniel 9, 9. To the Lord our God belongeth mercies and what? Forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him. You know, when we rebel, disappoint him, and run from him, our friend is ready to forgive. You're here tonight and you're out of fellowship with God. Maybe you're in the carnality. And you wonder how God would respond if you return. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He's faithful to do so. You just return to him. Numbers 14, verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression. As we cover these names to describe our God, remember these names. Hope you write these down and go back over them. And it calls you to rejoice and relish in the wonderful God we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, basically, and by the way, today, where do we find forgiveness? And by the way, through whom and in whom do we find forgiveness? Jesus Christ. Again, this is not in your notes, but Acts 13, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, talking about man Christ Jesus, is preached unto you forgiveness of sins. If you want forgiveness of sins, my friend, it can be found in Jesus Christ. Because of his death on the cross for your sins, God offers you forgiveness freely. And uh, ready to do so. Colossians 1.14. In whom, to my Christ, we have, forgive, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. So, forgiveness. Let me give you another one. Describe our God. We've got three more. Our God is everlasting God. He's a faithful God. He is a forgiving God. But also, I love this one. He's also good. He's also good. 
don't know about you, every, every time I, each word gets better, doesn't it? Merciful, forgiving, he's a good God. Uh, and you know, all these are in contrast to the false gods Israel would worship. They were not good. They were not forgiving. They were not merciful. However, they turned from a God that is good and merciful to these false gods, which were not. Uh, let me give you the meaning of the word good. Number six, the description word of God is good. The meaning is he's pleasant. He's blameless. He's excellent. The words many times, he's a pleasant God. He's blameless. He has no fault because he's good and he's excellent. The application is God is often described as good in reference to his steadfast love and care. I think all of you can remember times how good God has been to you. And you can say how wonderful he is that he is good because of his steadfast love and care for you. You know, many of you know that I recently went through some really physical trying times. But through it all, my friend, God's good. He is good. He has been good to me, and I can't help but uh, praise him. And I'm so glad I have a God that is that way. And then give us a scripture on this. Go with me now, and I'll give you 10 minutes to find this, the book of Ezra. Can you find Ezra? Ezra, Nehemiah, right before Job, then Psalms. You know, you're close. Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, then Psalms. Ezra chapter 3. When you find this one, I want you to look for the word good, describing our God of the Old Testament. Ezra 3. Now, eventually we'll get to the names of God in the New Testament. That's going to be probably after the month of July when we have the Summer Bible Institute. We'll continue our study on the descriptive names of God next Wednesday night and hopefully finish them up. And then we'll go... Uh, into the Summer Bible Institute. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. Ezra 3, 11. If you haven't found that, just listen. And they sang together by course, in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. Why? Because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And I like to take the name Israel, write my name in it, towards David. <laughs> He's good, his mercy endureth ever toward me. But my friend, they sang praise. You know, uh, uh, you know. If you notice recently, I haven't been singing during the services because my voice. You probably tell it's a little raspy right now, and I got to be very careful and not wear it out before I preach. This is not have water because it, it's still struggling from uh, the time I uh, had pneumonia. But uh, I don't know about you, I love to sing. I love to sing to our God because you know why? He's good. He is good. Another verse be on the screen, Psalm 136, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Nahum, chapter 1, verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knoweth them that trust him. That's a verse I share with you. The first message I preached after my heart attack, I was trying to share with you what God taught me through all that. And that verse meant so much to me. In the midst of all that, many of you know, I had a heart attack. My heart stopped completely. Went to the hospital, and uh, while I was there, it stopped. And they did CPR on me. Then they shot me with those paddles, brought me back. 
Praise the Lord. And then I caught double pneumonia. Then I caught COVID. Then I caught, uh, got, uh, and got sick again. But, you know, through it all, God was good. And I never doubted that. Someone asked me, in fact, Pastor Rick asked me, because I was headed down the hospital. I had tremendous chest pains. My wife was taking me. And he said, Pastor, were you ever scared? Were you afraid? The answer is no. I was not. You know, the alternative, I wouldn't have went to heaven. <laughs> What's better than that? <laughs> Yet God had something left for me to do. And so I was not afraid. I was just, I, I wasn't looking forward to, I didn't like pain. Nobody likes pain. But amidst all the pain, my friend, notice that verse, for his good and his goodness is a stronghold in the day of what? All through that time of trouble, what a stronghold it was to know that God's good. Everything he does is for my good. And what that, what that brought great, it was a stronghold for me to hold on to in the midst of all that problem, my friend, God is good. And so, next one, number seven, number seven, our God's an everlasting God. He's a faithful God. He's a forgiving God. He's a good God. And number seven, he is gracious. He is gracious. That's number seven, the next descriptive word, the term given to our God, gracious. The meaning is kind, merciful, and full of grace. You know, grace and mercy are found throughout the Bible. Grace is God given in something we don't deserve. I'm grateful for God's grace. Given us something we don't deserve. The Hebrew, this Hebrew word here, gracious, is only used in the Bible in reference to God. The Old Testament is not used anything other person other than God himself. That he is gracious. Application. The word depicts a compassionate God who hears the cries of his people. It's a word that depicts a compassionate God who hears the cries of his people. When we cry out to God, we've got to remember the God who's listening as a gracious God. Let me give you some scripture on this. Go with me now to Nehemiah, please. Nehemiah, we're just about done. Nehemiah 9. Nehemiah 9. You just were in Ezra. Ezra and Nehemiah, chapter 9. Nehemiah 9, verse 17. It begins talking about God's people. It compares them to God of the Bible. Nehemiah 9, 17. It says, and talking about his people. And refused to obey. Neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them. But hardened their necks in the rebellion against appointed a captain returned to their bondage. But, here's the contrast. But thou art a God ready to pardon. What's the next word? Gracious and merciful. Slow to anger of great kindness and forsookest them not. In the midst of the rebellion, in the midst of them running from God, disobeying him, the, Nehemiah says, but he's ready to pardon. He's gracious, forgiving, merciful. 
And again, you know, uh, Satan would have us think when we go through rebellion against God and disobey him, that God's up there angry and won't smudge us out like that, ready, won't do anything to do with us. But notice it says he's ready to forgive. He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger. So you know what that does? That makes me want to run to him. Not run from him, run to him. Because he is a gracious, merciful God. And you know what? He's slow to anger. By the way, are you slow to anger? Many of us are quick to get angry, not God. Sometimes we think God is the way we are. Because we fly off the handle when something goes wrong. We think God does. No, he doesn't. He's slow to angry. Gracious, merciful, and abundant in goodness and truth. Psalms 86 will be on your screen. 86.15. It says, David said, But thou, O Lord... Are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. You know what? What we need the most of, God has plenty of. Mercy. Look at it, please. You know, grace is God giving us something we don't deserve. But you know what mercy is? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. <laughs> I'm grateful for both, aren't you? Mercy is not giving me what I deserve. You know, if God gave us what we deserve, listen carefully, it'd all go to hell. Because we've all sinned against him and broken his laws, commandments. But the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to his mercy has saved us. But many of you know Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace means God gives us something we don't deserve. Lastly, the last one, we saw that our God's an everlasting Faithful, forgiving, good, gracious, and last, letter number eight, merciful. Merciful. We've seen this already. When the, many people describe God, they attach so many names to him. We've seen he's merciful. I'm so grateful that he is mercy. And when we saw the last verse, we looked at gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The word merciful, the meaning of it, letter eight, is compassionate to love and to have tender affection. Our God's compassionate to love and to have tender affection. This word is used exclusively of God in the Old Testament for his tender and compassionate love. He's a merciful God. Application, God is merciful and compassionate, protecting and saving those in great need. He's merciful, compassionate, protecting, and saving those in great need. What need do you have tonight? My friend, our God is merciful. Let me give some scripture, and we'll wrap it up tonight. Joel, can you find Joel? If you can, I'll read you the verse. Joel this is one of the minor prophets, the smaller books in the Old Testament. I remember when I was going to a Bible study, I was in my early 20s. I was saved for many years, but never grew spiritually. And uh, I didn't know many books. I know Genesis and Revelation. I could find those. But some of the Old Testament books and the, the Bible, the teacher Bible study, he always had a sense of humor. And he told, he said, let's turn to the book of Hesitations. And I looked and looked and looked for it. <laughs> of course, it's not there. <laughs> and so he laughed. 
But some of the Old Testament books are hard to find. He, he said, let me give you a little secret. In the front of your Bible is a table of contents. Tell you exactly where these books are at. Joel chapter 2. The Old Testament prophet. Look what he said about our God. Joel 2 verse 12. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, this is God speaking, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping, with mourning, and rend your heart, not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is what? Gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. So again, here's people who have wronged God, disobeyed him. And God said, when you come back to the Lord, come because he's gracious, merciful. Psalm 86. In verse 15, Psalms 86, 15, that'll be on the screen. But thou, O Lord, art a gracious, art, excuse me, a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. The word merciful means full of mercy. Remember that word. Merciful means full of mercy. I'm so glad. Now, the, all these words describe our God. So many people would think God is uh, some awful, mean, ugly. God is ready up there to take vengeance upon us and do, my friend, remember these words. Again, I hope you like me. When we leave here, we ought to just shout because of the God we have. What a wonderful God he is. And so, let's bow together, please, as we close in prayer. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here tonight and you had so many other thoughts about who God is and the kind of God he is. But we saw so many words that describe the God of the Bible. And we're going to see more as we go next week. But the God of the Bible, my friend, loves you. He's a merciful, compassionate, long-suffering, faithful, gracious God. You know what he does? He offers you a home in his heaven. He offers you eternal life. He offers you forgiveness of your sins. And he offers it to you at no cost or expense to you. Because the price of all that God offers you was paid for by his son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he made a payment for all your sin. He was buried and rose again. And because the price... Christ paid for you. God says, now I will forgive you. I'll give you a home in my heaven. I'll give you eternal life. I offer you my mercy, my grace, my compassion at the expense of my son. These are not things you earn. These are not things we deserve. They're things given to you freely. Your part is to accept them. And they're all found in a person called Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ, the Bible said, he's full of grace and mercy. And if you want God's mercy, compassion, forgiveness, it comes with Jesus Christ. And when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, all the things we talked about God tonight are given to you. Because he is that type of God. But he will not force it upon you. He will not offer it to you at any cost. Because the price has been paid. It's free. You just receive it as a gift.
The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friend, if you have never received this wonderful God, if you never received his son to be your savior, why not do it right now? Right when you're sitting, you can talk to him in your own thoughts. Only he knows your thoughts, and you can receive him as your savior. You can receive his goodness, his mercy, compassion by receiving Christ, Jesus Christ as your savior. If you have never done that before, and you'd like to do it tonight, why not talk to God and say something like this? In your own thoughts, say, God of heaven, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. As a sinner, I've earned, I deserve your judgment. I've earned your punishment. But God, I believe that Jesus Christ was judged in my place. That he was punished for what I've done wrong. That he died in my stead. He died for my sins. He was buried and he rose again. And right here tonight, I want to receive him to be my savior. Receive him to forgive me and give me eternal life. I'm trusting Christ as my savior right here tonight. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'd like to close in prayer. I'd like to know if anyone made that decision here tonight. If you understood something about God you never knew before, and you, want to, and you receive that God to be your savior tonight in the person of Jesus Christ, and you did that tonight, I'd like to know that. I'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to do this with heads bowed and eyes closed so no one would be put on the spot. But if what I said made sense to you, and you learned something about God you never knew before, and you was prompted to receive him as your Savior, and you did that tonight with that simple prayer, and you would allow me to pray for you as heads bowed and eyes are closed, we'll just in indicate that tonight but raise your hand. Anyone at all? Pastor, that made sense. I received Christ to be my Savior here tonight. Would you pray for me? Anyone at all? Anyone at all tonight? Father, I hope that means each one here has already made that decision. And Father, we do praise you and thank you for the God that you are. Such wonderful words describe you and your character. And Father, our hearts rejoice. We want to leave here just singing and shouting because of the wonderful God that you are. May this motivate us to serve you and please you in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.